You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Waiting in the middle, and Jancic put a decent ball in. It's a deep one. Up goes McKenna, hit it back across, gone to the net. Kevin McKenna with the equalizer for Hearts. It's one all. It's scenes of absolute joy in the away end. Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. I am Laurie Dunsire, uh, a chipper Laurie Dunsire, joined by hopefully a cheerful Mark Donaldson, because Hearts didn't lose at the weekend, did they? Brilliant weekend. Clean sheet as well. Couldn't be any better. <laughs> Um, it was a bit weird. It's quite funny. This I don't know if other people thought. I mean, I'm joking about the fact. Yeah, it's great. Hearts didn't um, didn't lose, but I felt like a bit of a loss at the weekend. And it's, yeah, weird, it's weird because weird, you, it? because you get the summer, and sometimes there's not an international tournament. Sometimes there's no football. You get international weekends, um, but it's like you've you've mentally prepared for those. You're ready for them. You know when the international weekend's coming. You know you know when it's summer mm-hmm. and it's finished. Sure. Wasn't prepared for that. So Saturday came and it got to like 11 o'clock. I'm like, what am I going to do this weekend? What am I going to do? It's like, it's like the football only takes up a couple of hours of my weekend sometimes. Um, if it's a home game and I just take the car. But it just felt weird, didn't it? Yeah. It, it, it's, like, yeah. There should be football, but there wasn't. I know, I know. I know. I agreed with your tweet. I didn't think it was a bad thing that Hearts didn't play. Um, we'll find out. Arrested. Hearts team, hopefully with players back for the game in Latvia on Thursday. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll deal with that match when it comes. We'll also deal with the postponement when it comes. But I, I just think yeah. uh, that was a good thing for Hearts not to play the weekend. But you're right. I mean, my weekend is slightly different because I was preparing for um, for a Spanish football commentary that I normally do, but I didn't have. I mean, my my game was a, a three p.m. Um, US time kickoff at 9 p.m. in Spain, 8 p.m. in the UK. Hearts would already have played um, that day. It would have been a Sunday game against St. Mirren. I would have watched it. So from from that perspective, I mean, it's not really much of an inconvenience, but that would have been part of, of my Sunday plans. It, it wasn't, but I kind of had a more normal weekend because I was still previewing and and talking about Bundesliga, Serie A, and commentating on on Spanish. But it's just it's it's been strange. And, excuse me, what I would say, Laurie, having listened to quite a lot of things, um, podcasts, radio, um, seen things on TV, read a lot of opinion pieces as well, um, listened to a really good podcast. Graham Spears does a, a weekly one that I subscribe to, and he had uh, Ewan Murray on, and he also had Michael Grant on. And all three of them pretty much were in agreement that times have changed. This wasn't 1997 again. This wasn't Scotland and Belarus and playing on the day of Princess Diana's funeral or or not playing. Once the government kind of said, it's up to you. We have no problem if you want to play football. I understand and what they did, and they did it well on the podcast, was explain both sides of the story. Now, it's easy to, to kind of say... Yeah, we maybe shouldn't have postponed. It doesn't matter what they do. There's going to be um, disenchantment on one side. Um, what you want to try and do is, is kind of minimise the disenchantment. But think about the optics. Aberdeen, Rangers, first game of the weekend, top flight. First game taking place in Scotland, 
because Cove Rangers against Dundee, incidentally at the Balmoral Stadium, was postponed on the Friday. But Aberdeen, Rangers, early kickoff on Saturday. What's that? I mean, 25, 30, 30 miles from, from Balmoral. Just the optics didn't look good. What I didn't like is they kind of waited until down south made a decision. And concurrently, what I liked today was that the Scottish football officials made a decision before England came out and said, this is what we're doing. I think EFL's playing, Premier League's playing with the exception of two games plus one because of, of a transport strike or transport issues at Brighton. So we came out today and we said, we're going to play. Should we have done that at the weekend? Should we have had games to go to? Especially now it's different from 97. We've had the pandemic. We've lived through those two horrible years. And some of us, a lot of us are, are still, in fact, probably most of us are still affected by that. That was a, it was a, it was a salvation. It was a place to go. It was a place to pay our own respects. Now, you're going to have issues, right? You're going to have issues potentially at Anfield with Liverpool playing in the Champions League. A minute silence. God save the Queen. God save the King now being um, being played. And you'll have issues in Scotland as well. And unfortunately, as Michael and Ewan and, and Graham Spears were discussing, the incident that happened just after halftime at Tynecastle, it's kind of two or three shouting, then three or four shouting back, and then it just became... It became a mess, but ultimately it was a mess that then made headlines. So you've got to be able to trust people eventually. This weekend, we'll see what happens. I think the right decision has been made to play this weekend, obviously not on Monday for the Queen's funeral, but I do feel that a chance was lost not to play at the weekend. I think that was the wrong decision with hindsight. Hmm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to get into that one this week because we've got lots of other things to get into. No, I get that. I get um, that. I can see both but, sides of the story, though. That that yeah. that's what I'm saying. Uh, but I think you're right. I mean, my my point because I'm going to divert it away from that is that from a Hearts perspective, from a selfish Hearts perspective, Wasn't regardless of whether I wanted play. to go and see a Hearts game at the weekend yes. because I like to go to the football, it was probably a good thing that they had a little break ahead of playing their next European game, which happens this Thursday, and we will be joined by a Latvian football writer shortly to discuss that game and give us a bit of an insight into RFS and into Latvian football and what Hearts can expect from that match in Riga in a few nights' time. Um, and then Mark and I will look ahead to the game ourselves as well and predict, hopefully, a bit more of a positive result for Hearts. This week, we are delighted to be joined by someone who can give us a little bit of insight into Hearts opponents on match day two of the Europa Conference League, RFS. And that is the writer for Latvian Footy in English, a blog covering Latvian football, as it sounds, in English. Um, and that is Yanis. How are you doing today? Hey guys, I'm doing great. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on and speaking to us on Scarves Around the Funnel. We, we do appreciate it. So I suppose first up, um, looking at Hearts opponents on Thursday night, RFS. Um, tell us a little bit about them as a football club. So they came into the Latvian Highest League in 2016 and uh, they now have a big plan ahead. Obviously the championship, which they won the first time for the first time last season was a uh, they had big income because of that, and now they are building uh, brand new facilities. Uh, they are they are going to start their own academy because previously they uh, paid to someone some others academies to get the license to play in the highest league. So yeah, they have now big plans for the future. The the management is great. The they know what they are doing, so yeah, that's pretty much it. They are, they are, they are like, like I could say, they are raising up, raising up, like. Yeah, so I mean, they is, they were promoted to the top flight in Latvia. Was it only twenty sixteen, so they've yes. they've not been, um, not been in top flight for that long. But if from what you find out on on the internet, it says they were founded in only 2011, but then in brackets 1962. So is that 
were they an amalgamation of other clubs or or, or what's happened with their history? Where, where have they actually come from to suddenly be, I suppose, winning the title, like you say, last year? Yeah, they were, they were before that called uh, RFS, which means Riga Football School. So, and they rebranded the name when they got to the first league. Uh, in the first year, they were still named the RFS, the Riga Football School, but school but now they are not uh, like three for three years or i think two years they are they're called rfs with no but uh, as i as i can explain they say it doesn't mean riga football school like so it started as a riga's football school which is the like one of the biggest uh youth like programs in uh, riga and uh it pretty much uh, how they got the name RFS. So yeah, that's just like uh, one academy. And then the investor came in 2016, which wanted to to play uh, in the Euro uh, to get the medals in the league, to get the cups. And yeah, last year they finally got the league title and the cup also. So they did the double and now are they playing in Europe for the first time in their history. How good are they, Yanis? How good are they? They are, they are experienced side. I would say they have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of experienced players, the national team players, uh, some players who have played in high leagues in Europe, for example, not like top five leagues. They have some players who have experience in Europe, but they are a very balanced squad, I would say, because, uh, there is not a lot of, Place uh, not a lot, lot, not a lot of positions where you could say, yeah, that's the weak point. I would say. So I think they are they are struggling this season because they have too many matches. They have cup finals <laughs> coming up. They have the league still because they could not even make the Europe next year. To be honest, they have now Europe Conference League group stage. So yeah, they they will mainly focus now on the on the cup to win the cup so because the cup winners get the European spot and the Europa Conference League. I think the league they will take it easy a little bit. So yeah, I think they are good. They are not they do not have a lot of depth, to be mm-hmm. honest, but uh they are experienced side, I would say. Yeah, just should mention for listeners who won't be familiar with the Latvian season, that runs from March to November. So a little bit different than Scotland. So at the moment it's 28 matches in. RFS won 3-0 today at the time of recording. Uh, puts them joint second, but they are seven points off the top. Um, they are unbeaten, though, Yanis, in 10 games in all competitions. Um, since they lost a team called Supernova, and I really like that name. I, I, wish, yeah. I, wish, it, I wish it was a team called Supernova in Scotland. Uh, they play some it's, champagne it's, football, right? Oh, I knew you were going like, to say it. It's like oh. Rising Star. The supernova means rising star. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very cool name. But in terms of um, in terms of the team, then you know they won the title last year. They won the double, as you said. Um, yeah. So was that a surprise, or because of the money that the the investor put in, did people expect that they were going to challenge? Uh, last year, no, because the absolute favorites were the Redfc side. Uh, they are. They are the ones who are pumping money into the players. They're paying big salaries. And it was quite a surprise last year that the RFS won the league. Uh, so, yeah. How did they do it? Year, how did they do it? How, they, how did they do it? Uh, the last year's experience in the Europa Conference League for Riga FC, who were the champions two years ago, yeah. And they lost in the playoffs to the Gibraltar inside. Uh, Lincoln Reddings in the playoffs and from that all went to downhill and also the problem was that they like to change the managers quite a lot and the players also quite a lot so there's no chem- uh, chemistry between uh, players so Arpas took advantage of that and they played the same players for like three years there's players who have been with the team for five years four mm-hmm. years like key players so that's the main thing why I think yeah, they. consistency with their team. Yeah, well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
in terms of of European football, um, it was highlighted by Anthony Brown, who's a previous guest on the the show, who was talking about Hearts can't underestimate RFS, and he highlighted the fact they've played sixteen European matches over the last four seasons, and they've lost only five of them. Um, only once by more than a single goal. They drew away to Ghent, Linfield, Fiorentina recently, one in Hungary and Slovenia. Only lost some penalties to Helsinki, so Anthony was saying there are no mugs, um, which over here basically means we, Hearts can't underestimate them. Um, how have RFS competed in Europe and what have the tactics been to get some of these big results? For instance... Last last time they played in Europe against Fiorentina, that was quite a surprise result, certainly for us when we saw it. Obviously, for me, it was also. But to get back to the European uh, things, I was laughing. I was laughing very much when when uh, after the game against Linfield, every when the draw happened, everyone said it's easy point, easy six points from the RFS because. Every everyone might look at the last playoff game against Linfield in Belfast, where Erfus were dominated, and say, "Well, if they get outplayed like that, then we it's easy six points by them against them." So I say, no way. First of all, it was the most important game for both teams. Uh, second of all, Linfield were playing one of the best games I have ever seen them play. I saw them like four games before that against Bodo against. And yeah, and just look at the previous results against the Ghent away. They were two were two now two nil up at at the first half. They almost scored the third goal in the sec- at the start of the second half, and they drew at the end. So yeah, the Pushkas Academy they beat them three nothing. So I think it's it's a it's a little bit hilarious to think that it will be easy six points. But if we talk about the Fiorentina game, uh, the unexpected, unexpected thing was the formation which they started at the beginning because they started with the five at the back. I have not seen them play with five at the back since the start of the season that is March, but they played the five, five at the back then with three center backs because they, they had two center backs which, which were the starters last year and they, because of the, war in Ukraine. Uh, one Latin national team center back became a free agent. He was playing in Ukrainian club and he signed with the RFS. So they tried with the three center back uh, formation and uh, the manager soon realized that it will not like work. So they changed back to the old formation, which was four, three, two, one, four, two, three, one. Sorry. So yeah. It was a big surprise, to be honest, that they started against Fiorentina with five for one formation. So, yeah. And about the game a little bit, if you wanted to hear. So, yeah, definitely. It was the start was shaky, obviously, because the first European game, the Fiorentina side was all over the surface, but surface kept their game plan, as I could say, because they were. They were, when the ball was back to the opposite goalkeeper or they were playing through the defenders, the center backs played it with, uh, there was a high press. Every, uh, the forwards were working, the wingers were working, especially the one winger, the Emerson guy, who's, I will say, the most dangerous guy who is with the RFS. So yeah, and, um, it was pretty much the counter attack. You, you want to, get them like sleeping the parents in the defenders they almost scored at the start of the first half when the RFS top scorer who is Serbian under 21 international Andre Ilic uh, went one versus one against the keeper but he did not beat him so it was after the defenders mistake and they went on the counter attack as I can say so yeah and but obviously Against Fiorentina, you need a good goaltending. And the goalkeeping was exceptional. Uh, Steinbors, who is the Latin national team uh, goalkeeper, he just joined them in the, at the summer. And uh, he was excellent. He made like five excellent saves in the first half. And Fiorentina, 
the XG was after the game was 3.5, I think. So, and they only scored one goal. So it's, it shows that the goalkeeper needs some work too. But it was seen that uh, Fiorentina was faster, were thinking a lot quicker. They were, they just a little above the arpeggio. So the result, 1 1 draw, is a very surprising result. Yanni, so I've got a couple of questions about the players for the Latvians. You mentioned Emerson, right? Very talented left winger. The other guy I want to mention is Andre Ilic. Now, yeah. there's a he, he scored the goal in Florence to earn RFS a draw. There's yeah. a <laughs> excuse me. There's a website which um, is is probably one of the better websites when it comes to um, squad. Uh, worth called transfermarket.com. Now, Andre Ilic is worth more than any other Hearts player. He's worth, I think, 1.2 million on transfermarket.com. Now, look, you're only worth what teams are willing to pay for you. Hearts have got Barry Mackay, Benny Beningamy, and Stephen Kingsley all worth 1 million, as well as Nathaniel Atkinson, which, again, maybe debate that one. But I watched the game against Linfield, and you can understand why, with a small sample size, we have seen that and thought they are not very good. But then the Fiorentina result really put things into perspective. How good is Emerson? How good is Andre Illich? And who are the other players that Hearts should be watching out for on Thursday? So let's talk, first of all, how Andre Illich got here. Because there's a big Balkan contingent in RFS team. There's Croatian, Serbian, Austrians. I do not call Austrians the Balkans, but they're near there. So last year, after the successful European competition, they had another Serbian striker named Darko Lemaic. She scored like four or five goals in those six games, in those six European games. And he scored two two goals against the Gen side and he was bought from the again he was bought by Gen from Arthas for eight hundred thousand dollars eight hundred thousand euros. So they needed a new forward because of that and they signed Andre Illich. They I think they paid some transfer fee but it was very small amount. So yes, he got here and what could I say about him? He's a he's a very strong Forward. He's uh, tall. Also, he's good for especially Latin standard. I don't think he will be here in the after the winter when the season ends in Latvia. He will be sold. Uh, what he's uh, he's good in the air. Let's say that uh, because I you could see in the game against Fiorentina the game plan. Also, the offensive game plan was game plan was. Long balls, he, whether it's uh, the goalkeeper from the goal kick, uh, the center of defenders with the long ball, Andre Illich goes for the ball, knock it forward, and then Emerson uses his space to get behind the defensive line and go on around. So that was pretty much the tactic. In the first seven minutes, they tried it like three times, and once one time it, it worked because Emerson got in a great spot, but his shot went wide. So he's good in the air. He's he's a workhorse because he works very hard. He's pressing every time. He's even pressing when when he he has played like eighty minutes. So he okay, yeah, he's good. He's like a he's like a complete forward. Oh, he has a good long shot. He has shown it in the league. He's good. Uh, he's good at in the air, as I said before, so he has everything to be in the in the not not say like top five league, but he has potential for the top five league because he's still very young. He's twenty one and he scored just he scored today a goal again in the league, and it was his fourteen goal of the season. So I think he will make a move. And Emerson is a he's a speedy winger. He's a He's a very fast. He loves to dribble a lot. Uh, I think this year, 
some of the defenders might have might have found a way how to stop him because last year his stats were were impressive, but this year he has taken a little bit like in assist uh, in assist way he doesn't set up his teammates that much to the goals, uh, but. He's a speedy winger. He likes to dribble a lot, and he's also one of those guys who has who has been here all for. He has on ground the Latvian league. Let's say that, but it's a great place to like for Europe to show himself to show other teams, especially Scotland. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe like Scottish teams will notice him. Some English teams maybe will notice him. Even though I don't think uh, I don't think Emerson will be very suitable to the English league, but Andre Ilich would be because I have seen uh, there is a striker not much not much Macedonian. Uh, he he just joined the uh, Scottish league. Aberdeen, yeah, Miowski, is it? Yeah, Miowski. I I see I see like Miowski there. To be honest, a little bit. So yeah. I think he will be successful. And about other players who I could obviously Steinbart, but he's very experienced goalkeeper. He has been Polish league best goalkeeper before. Uh, he has national team first goalkeeper, but he's pretty old. But still, he can get the job done. And from the other players, I would say the other player who has the potential to be sold this winter is the central defender Zhiga Lipuszczak. Uh He's a Slovenian. He's, uh, if you if you Google about him, his story is pretty uh, his story is pretty rough because he almost passed away when he was seventeen uh, in the car crash. So I think he's he he has a like a He's good in the air. Also, he he's very he's very dirty, tall. Dirty. By the looks of it, he's very tall. He's very dirty player. Also, he <laughs> likes to, he has he likes to push the, uh, down those elbows to, and he will talk to the refs all the time. And so, and is he two me- is he two meters tall? Because that's what Wikipedia tells me that he's six foot six. So he's almost two meters tall, which is yeah. He's I think he's one ninety eight, one ninety nine. Yeah, that's what it says. Oh dear. Yeah, he's like that, and he's very, he's very, like, yeah, he's dirty player. Would <laughs> would hate against uh, to play against him because his elbows are like going up all the time. He does little things. That's all the time. Yeah, and his long balls are superb. To be honest, also. He- Yanis, he, he really needs to worry. We have got a giant in the middle of the park who's seven foot tall called Cammy Devlin. And he he eats people for I mean he by the way, Lipacek <laughs> really has to worry because our midfielder called Cami Devlin, he's from Australia. I've never seen anyone as big as him. So you tell your Slovenian defender just to watch out for hearts number fourteen, Cami Devlin, because he's so so scary. Okay. I, I think it will be in the scouting report if he's going to become Australian. <laughs> so, Yanis, uh, how how do we expect? I mean, you're suggesting maybe that RFS can be quite physical and maybe play quite direct, or was that more just because of the Fiorentina game? Do you think they'll be kind of physical and maybe play quite a long ball game on Thursday against Hearts? I think the same will happen again how they played against Fiorentina because still even though on paper the Hearts are the favourites on paper the Scottish League is better than the Latvian League last, have, Going by last week you wouldn't say it is but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we like to but think so games, But those games happen those games happen so yeah they the Hearts had the chance in the first half I saw the highlights from that game. So against the Turkish team. So what would happen if they were up one nothing in the first half? So maybe we will talk a little bit different now. So yeah. But to be honest, I don't they today I didn't see the game today, the RFS but they played with they went back with the four two four four two three one formation. I saw that, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, but uh I and only and it was 
to my surprise that they played the, the three players who were starting today, two of them were the the defensive midfielders, both who started at Italy. And they played big minutes and I'm kinda worried that they will have anything left in the tank because they are experienced and they are not the fastest ones. They are working very hard every time because they have duties too. Yeah. Do you think it'll be defensive in terms of trying play on the counter attack? So let Hearts have more possession and then get the ball I forward think, quickly to Illich on the counter? I, I think it will depend uh, who will play at the who will play at the right back position. Because the one guy who scares me the most is Vladislav uh, Sorokin. He started the game at, in Fiorentina. And he has, this season, he has been a roller coaster because his <laughs> few good, good, good games mixes up with a lot of awful performances, as I can say. And to be honest, when they were, I can't remember, they did that substitution when they were tied or was it still one nothing when they were down? The Sorokin guy was substituted. He played okay, but he was, he's still up. It's, it's hard to say, but he's still a liability on defense and he did one cross also, which went like 10 meters from the penalty area. So, <laughs> oh yeah, he has been, he has been like scary bad, to be honest. And the <laughs> Serbian guy who joined, uh, Serbian guy who joined this year, Jovan looking, he came in and he was not scared. He was, he was, uh, he was all over the, uh, all over his right side. He was, so it will depend on the, on that because I think Sorokins is mostly defending my the guy, but Lalukin can do both at a high level. No, at the level of Latin football, I would say. Uh, okay. And it will depend on that, but I still think the same will happen. Long, uh, long balls to the target man. Illich, I would say, but he's not really a target man, but like a target man, and he will knock it forward to the to the to the to the to the left side where Emerson is, and he will try to make a run and make something happen by himself. Or, yeah, or yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, is a draw a good result? For your team, or do they think after drawing at Fiorentina that they should be beating Hearts? No, the draw is very good result because uh, the draw will be a very good result because it's still money in the pocket, it's mm -hmm. still coefficient points, and uh, obviously the win will be. I don't think a lot of people would thought that four points is possible after two games, so. I will take two points any day of the week. And before the group, a lot of people said there is like the maximum they could get is two points. Some said, some, some optimists said there was five points, but I was closer to the two points than five points because mm -hmm. I have seen Aerofest play this year. They have, they have struggled, but they have made a lot of comebacks, but they have struggled this year. So we will see how it, how they do there, but uh, I believe they would not be sad if the game ended in a draw. Forrest Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. couple of things for you. Back in 2006, I was lucky enough to visit Latvia and Riga. Unfortunately, it was with Hibernian, who I was commentating on, who Hearts and Hibs don't really like each other, but like itchy and scratchy. So we spent time for the World Cup final in Latvia, and we were playing a team called Dinaberg, who no longer exists, but they played in the southeast city of Daugapils. Now, at the time, Latvian football wasn't very good. It was really struggling. But it's really picked up of late with the influence of cash and other things. So first of all, for the Hearts fans listening to this who may be heading to Latvia, 
the town centre, the city centre is fantastic. What would you recommend doing there? And secondly, Latvian football as a whole seems to be in an upward trajectory. How high can it go? Uh, first of all, uh, I will answer about the life history that uh, old city Riga, which we call Laps Riga, is place to be. I, I think there will be like most of the hard uh, fans after the game anyway, because the local pubs and the restaurants have been noticed that there will be a lot of drunk Scottish person there. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, they have been noticed. And to be honest, the, the Riga, the old city, I'm not, I'm myself not from Riga. So, it's tough to say to what to watch in Riga, but uh, let's say the old town, uh, the occupation museum, even though I don't think sports fans will want to mix do it they, up to get Do the, they serve beer? Uh, no, they don't serve <laughs> beer. Uh, there is, uh, I would say, the, the, you, the ferry Dalgava River. You, there is the Monument of Freedom, obviously. It's a must-see place. So the, the city center is everything, the beautiful, the parks, the, the people, the everything. There's a lot to see in the city of center. And the stadium is not far from the, uh, from the city center. It's like, uh, I, I, I don't want to lie like, but I think it's like 20, 25 minutes walk. So yeah, it's, it's not so too far. bad. It's not too bad. So yeah, it's good. And uh, what was oh oh the Latin football? How can I how, how high can it go? Let's say when the midfielders will be when there will be some top class midfielders. That's the that's the main answer because if we talk about the Latin national team, but if we are talking about the clubs, clubs every every club is the top teams are doing good job. They are they are building the infrastructure. The both Riga teams, Riga FC, who are the title contenders this year, also uh, the Riga FC and the RFS ha are building the infrastructure and uh, Valmiera has their own thing. They are playing the uh, who are the title, who are the leaders of the table right now, seven points clear of Riga FC. Uh, they are, they are doing their thing. They are playing young players. They will sell their players for millions, million or two million at least. They have some super players. Um, obviously my team, that's, that's a story for another day. It's a dumpster fire right now, but, uh, but yeah, the Latin football is rising, but uh, we have good forwards in good leagues. We will have more good forwards who are right now playing in Latvia. But the only thing is midfield. If we have creative midfield, then we can go really high. Because when, when I look back to the Euro 2004, obviously, or even the 2010 World Championship qualifier when we were just a little bit just we were so close to getting to the playoff spot and uh, we had midfield who were playing in good leagues there was midfielder who were playing in england in russia and highest league playing in champions league europa league just that's the whole point and and other thing is the good national team stadium because what we have right now is bad because to be honest uh, the european games are not allowed to play at the scondal stadium because it doesn't have the level or what what is that called the stadium category for the yeah. games so the games should be played in the dalgava stadium but it's very bad for the fans because it's far away it's a it's an athletics field Let's say it's far from the field. There is no roof. Uh, 
the atmosphere is very bad. So yeah, I, thankfully somehow squashed the beef, uh, the RFS and Riga FC squashed the beef because RFS are playing in the Riga FC local stadium in the yeah. stadium. So those are the two biggest rivals by far in Latvia. So thanks to the Riga FC for that, but at least we have a good football atmosphere at the Skonto Stadium because it is the best one, but we need a new stadium, that's for sure. And there's going to be almost a full stadium on Thursday, which is good. It holds 8,000, and I, I see from the posts from RFS that there's not many tickets left, so hopefully it'll be a full-capacity crowd. I hope so, too. I hope so. But I think the Scottish... Uh, how many... 1,000 tickets or how many were given uh, out to the Scottish? There was, I think, maybe just over 1,000, possibly 1,200, maybe. Uh, they released them in separate sections, so I'm not Section. sure, but it was, yeah, yeah, it wasn't... There was a lot of Hearts fans buying in the home yeah, end as well, I think. The point. That's the point. There will be a lot of uh, Hearts fans on the home sectors also. So, yeah. It will be. I think it will be a great atmosphere there, and I'm uh, hoping for a good game, good weather also, because 10 p.m. in Latvia, it's it's really it's pretty cold right now in Latvia right now. So it will be a cold weather also. So Hearts fans should wrap up warm. Yeah, yeah, I would say so because it's right now. It's like I will, I will take a look how it was pretty cold when I was getting back home right now. It's like 10. 10 plus okay. Okay. and it's not all not the game time 17 minutes till the game time when you start till 10, 10 p.m so yeah it will be even colder i just want to ask you Yanis, about local food and drink because going over to see a former hearts owner called vladimir romanov in vilnius and kaunas many years ago in lithuania one of the other baltic nations they have a, I don't know if I want to call it a delicacy, it's called vedere. It's like a Lithuanian sausage and it's horrific. But they have mm -hmm. honey beer and the honey beer is magnificent. So what's the Latvian delicacy and what beer would you recommend for any Hearts fans travelling over? So the beer, there's a lot of to choose from. Uh, honey beer also is good, to be honest. Uh, what could I say? There's the it's called Walmir Moja beer. Also, there's a lot of good beers. Yeah, you might have to write that down for us. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's go, what it sounds I like go, after you've had about ten of them. Well, yeah, it's, there, but there's a lot of the which is not there's a lot of good beers from, and they support their own product, especially here in the local pubs. So everything you will get will be good. I think. And about the food, what would be the food that you must try here in Latvia? If the weather would be, if the weather would be a little bit warmer, I would say the cold soup. It's pretty good. But I would say some kind of a, uh, it's, it's called rosos. It's a, it's a, salad like but it's not like there is some uh, there's some there is some meat also in that salad so it's like a latin and also the 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 the, the potato pancakes we call we call them it's like a potato pancakes so yeah those are the those are the two things i would say are the must eat in latvia and if if there are kids coming to Latvia also with parents, their kids are coming and you want something to drink Latvian also, there is a, a drink called Kwas. So yeah, that's the that I would say is for the kids, the drink, the Latvian drink. So just a low just a low alcohol content for that one. <laughs> no, that doesn't <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't have a awful content even, but it it tastes it tastes it might taste strange, but it is good. <laughs> well, you've got potato pancakes, and we have tatty scones in Scotland, so that's kind of <laughs> yeah. similar. 
potatoes gone. So I'm, uh, it sounds like there'll be, if there's plenty of good beer, um, I think that's that's all the Hearts fans will, will need. Yeah. Um, and, and also one last thing, we have had a lot of beer gates, as we call them, beer gates, because there has been a big, uh, big growth, a, a long wait for the beers in sporting events, especially when the national team was playing, when the European games were played. And now they have learned and there will be a lot of, so a lot of Scottish, Scottish fans will not need to wait a lot who will be at the game. So enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so what we often do, Yanis, is make a prediction. Um, we'll do ours afterwards, but we'll let you maybe, what, what is your prediction for the game on Thursday in terms of the score line? And maybe can you predict a goal scorer for RFS as well? Assuming that you're gonna you're gonna have a positive result for RFS. No, to be honest, I'm gonna go with the draw. But it's interesting. Uh, the first time when the Latin team played in the European competition, uh, it was Europa League group stage. A Comentos, who are now not anymore in Latin football, they are playing in the lowest Latin league right yeah. now. 2009, 2010, UEFA Europa League group stage, yeah. Yes, and they also started the the group stage with the against the team from a top five league. It was Berlin Heart, Heart, or yep, Heart. Yeah, it was called, and they played a one-one draw there also. And the second game was I don't remember it was at home or an away game. They played against the Dutch side Heron. And they finished the game also a draw. No, so no. I'm gonna go with the yeah, and so I'm gonna go with the draw also. The no, no. Will repeat. no, not one 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 one. There will be some goals. For who, both teams. Who do you think will who score will, for, for RFS? Who will score Peter Marish with a penalty kick? Okay. I like it. Very specific. Um well I really appreciate you coming on. Um, thank you very much for your time, Yanis. Uh, for anyone listening, um, you can follow Yanis and his blog on Twitter. It's at LV underscore football news. Um, and the blog itself is Latvian Footy in English. And they are on latvianfooty.substack.com where you can find um, English versions of some Latvian football coverage. And I was having a wee read of the Linfield match report and your reaction which was quite enjoyable so I'm hoping you don't have as much exciting things to write about after Hearts play um, <laughs> RFS I, I, but maybe when you play Fiorentina again and, and Bishaksha here you can take some more points off them we hope so, I hope so we hope so, I didn't have a, I didn't have any like plans for points against Fiorentina, I don't have any Hopes for points against Hearts, to be honest, if we look at how they play. So, everything we get, it will be a positive bonus, I would say. Well, I wish you all the luck in the rest of the group games, apart from two of them. And if you happen to be over at all in Scotland at any point, whether it's <laughs> when RFS are here or yeah. any time in the future, then do let us know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Janis. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So that was Janis, uh, who creates the and writes for the Latvian Footy in English blog, his own blog, which covers Latvian football in English. So you can check that out if you wish. And uh, Mark, it was great to be joined by him and um, mm-hmm. gave us some good insights into RFS and into Latvian football. And it's a funny one. I think you... I think you may have mentioned this before, you know, at the start of the groups, and you know, he he basically highlighted, it wasn't aimed at us personally, but that's what we spoke about, you know, he saw people saying, you know, for Hearts, it's six easy points because of how they played against Linfield. He could have been taking exactly our conversation after sure. the group was drawn because we felt that confidence and you'd watch the game against Linfield, I just saw some of the clips um, and we felt quite confident that, you know, it's a tough group for Hearts, but it's RFS or a team that Hearts should dispose of. And we thought that yep. should be six points. I have to say, match day one quickly changed my feelings anyway. Um, Hearts having been 
very comfortably beaten by Bashaksha here, who I should say tonight at the time of recording just won away to Bashiktas to um, remain undefeated and put them in pole position, a game in hand and just one point off the top. Bertrand Toyota. Bertrand Toyota got the goal, so they are a good side. But that result for um, Riga, uh, for RFS, sorry, I should say, over in Italy certainly um, concerned me a little bit. And then listening to Janus speaking there, looking at their actual results in Europe now, when you look a bit back a bit further, this game worries me a lot more than it did right, right. a few so, weeks back. I normally apologise when I interject. I'm, I'm not apologising this time. Stop this nonsense. Stop it. Honestly, everyone. Are you, are you still bullish? You have to be. You, you can't go <laughs> down this, give them too much respect, stand off them. Linfield were, Linfield's an average side. And Linfield should have should have won by four or five in that game. Look, we all have off days. I get that. But Linfield took it to RFS. I keep thinking DFS and SOFA is an interest-free credit. Um, <laughs> Riga's FS. But like, they always have a sale. I wonder if RFS always have a sale as well as DFS. No, don't go anyway, down that tangent. Come on. No, no, no. I know. Like, yes, okay. Thank, thank you. But come on. Enough of, the, enough of this. We've had a week of... of Respect for other things, okay? Let's let's change tact here. This is a game that if Yanis is saying they would take a point and run right now, right? They would take a point and run right now. Forget the Fiorentina point. Like, he's explained that. It's a great result. I think it's a good result for Hearts. I talked about that last week in that it gives us a chance if we can win in Riga. I'm just really concerned that we go there and, and we're, we're insipid, we're, we're, we're kind of... It's the whole, I've said it before, it's, it's rolling over and getting your tummies tickles. Let's just go there, excuse the French, but fuck respect for them. Just have a go. We have better players than them on the whole. Yes, I spoke about um, Illich. We, we don't have guy. Ivan Drago at the back, though. This Ziga Lupa shit. We've got, we've got the seven-foot Devlin. <laughs> hey, he's, he's, he's the main man. <laughs> he said, I think it would have come up in the scouting report if they had a seven-foot Australian. Well said, Yanis, it would have done but I don't think I pulled the wool over his eyes. But come on here. It's, it's so easy, whether it's Birker, Kara, um, or, or whether it's <laughs> yeah, that Zurich. Well, well, no, but the away leg, it was like, oh, it was just like, oh, we'll see how it goes. No, no, not let's see how it goes. Get stuck in about them. If we want to have any chance of finishing in the top two, bearing in mind Fiorentina goes to Istanbul, then we ha- we're going to have to beat Fiorentina at home, right? And that's very unlikely. But you never know. But if we can go into one of those games, I think the home legs first against Fiorentina, is that correct? Yep. It will be. So if we can go into that game ahead of them, which we will be if we win in Latvia and they don't win in Istanbul, that's a huge fill-up. But we can't just kind of, we can't just say, oh, yeah, RFS, oh, they had a good result in Fiorentina. No, let's just let them worry about us. I'm fed up now. You've got shouldn't be like this but anyway you uh, let's let them worry about us let's not kind of go down the road of oh what are they going to do no we'll find out what they're going to do we kind of know what they're going to do but if we play well we win the game we just haven't played well for a while what about bill that. i'm just i'm disappointing it's bill fabricio, fabricio rodriguez the silva ferreira oh, as, as bill. bill the fred at man united and Bill at DFS sofas. <laughs> How uh, do you get I... from Fabricio Rodriguez to Silva Ferreira to Bill? They just, uh, I know. We might see. Anyway. I mean, he was un- he was unused against Fiorentina. Look, they are a decent enough side. They had a phenomenal result. One that Hearts won. Their their result in Florence is likely to be better than Hearts' result. Okay, because we're not probably going to. No, get don't have that attitude. No. Come on. See, I'm trying to get you on side now. Come on. <laughs> let's let's be having you. Right. Let's, right. Okay, Delia. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game then. So, um, Halkett and Forrest are both 50 50 for the game, apparently. Um, obviously, Boyce, Rolls, Beningame still out. Um, what do Hearts do here? Now, I, I, I've been having a think, and I said previously, I think we need to change. I think we need to find a different approach. Now, I still, I'm still really not sure on what to do with the back line. With if Hal, if Halkett's potentially out, which looks like it's a good chance he will be if he's fifty fifty with a game coming on Sunday as well. 
I wrote out a quick. This is like I've I've not sat here and taken a long time. And so I quickly put this out while we were prepping for this. Um, a four-one-three-two formation. Okay, Craig Gordon and goals. Atkinson right, Cochrane left, Smith and Kingsley in the centre. If Halkett is fit, take out Atkinson, move Smith to the right, put Halkett in the centre. Devlin, the sitting role. Three mm-hmm. of Forrest if he can play, Grant and Mackay. So Forrest right, Grant centre, Mackay left. If Forrest can't play, probably Ginelli. Up front, Shanklin and Humphreys and get the ball forward quicker. Use the strength of Humphreys. Let Shanklin play off him. A bit more tempo, a bit more direct. That's not to say we have to lump the ball up the park, but get the ball, ball forward quicker. And if we need to, we can play up to Humphreys. Mackay can play off him. Forrest can play off him. Use Humphreys around and Shanklin plays off him as well. Let Shanklin be more of a poacher. Let Humphreys get the ball down, flick the ball on. He seemed quite strong, wanting to get in behind. Um, without Boyce, I just think we need to change the dyna- dynamic a little bit. So that was that was a little idea, just a little idea. I'm not saying that I've sat here and thought about all the intricacies of it, but just something I threw together. What do you think? I agree with a lot and not convinced by a couple of other bits. So I I don't know if Kingsley and Smith's a very good central defensive partnership. Well, neither do I, but that's what but that's what no, I mean I at the back. I just don't know. I know, I know, I just don't I know. know at the back. Um so I'm going I'm going Gordon and Goal, Smith, Halkett, Kingsley, Cochrane. But I did say if Halkett's fit, I wouldn't have Smith and Kingsley in the centre. No, uh, just based on the fact that he, I the, get the feeling he won't play. The, in, the interesting thing is, what's a bigger game for Hearts? Thursday or Sunday? What do you think? Um, <laughs> bigger picture Sunday. Um, but we can't. We we don't really have. I think because it's RFS. See if if we were away in Fiorentina on Thursday, I'd say. Well, you're not you're not risking Halkett then. Sunday is definitely bigger because we're in a game where we've got very little hope anyway. So we 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 can we can win this game. But we, we can win this game, and from a you know from a risk point of view, if we don't win this game, that ups the pressure. You know, lose to the way we lost to Bishakcha here, put pressure on players, coaches because it was very poor. But the 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 actual act of losing to them was not a huge shock. You know, we, they were a bigger team, better resources, better players than us. Um, yeah, we got a chance to bounce back though. And exactly, I think, so I, think I, this, I think it's a difficult question. I, th- I it's think it's a tough question. It's a tough question. I mean, on paper, I would have thought Motherwell away is a tougher game than RFS away, but Probably that doesn't similar. take it doesn't take into account the fact that it's that you know on a European stage, it's an unknown team. Yeah, of course, um, from the way that Yanis spoke, the the kind of team. This is the kind of games that we've almost we have struggled in recently at times. You know. Kilmarnock did this to us a little bit, you know, strong, good defensively, physical, get the ball forward and try and pick us off in the counter, but then get plenty of men behind the ball and defend. So he kind of suggested it would be that sort of game plan maybe where... Probably. Get, and that's that worries me a little bit. That's why I'm thinking we need to think about someone else because they'll probably happily soak up pressure. Yeah, we're um, not very good at forcing the issue, are we? We'll need to find a different way to force them because they will... When we do leave gaps and we commit men, they're obviously going to try and get it forward, play off Serbian striker Ilic up front, and they might cause us some problems on the break. But they're so, equally not going to let us just walk through them. They're not going to commit loads of bodies forward constantly. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm kind of I'm stuck between a four four two and an attacking four four one one. I want Barry McKay more involved. I want to see him thrive in big games, and I just felt he got lost. Out there yeah. on the left-hand side against Istanbul. So yeah, you could either play Mackay off Shankland, or you could go four-three-one-two, and you could have Mackay in behind Shankland and Humphreys. I'm not going to start Haring. I think you want legs in the middle of the park. I want Devlin in there with yeah. Grant. Um, Forrest's an interesting one because if if you're playing two up top and you're playing a four-four-two, you need width. Right, so you're going to have Forrest on one side. But where that's you why that's where I couldn't. That's where I couldn't work out a four four two. That's why I kind of yeah. went with the four one three Use, two. Use your I mean, pullbacks to get forward, but you've still got option of width a bit with like of Forrest and Mackay. But it doesn't make it as I don't know. I thought a four four two. I couldn't find a good 
combination. Yeah. So what what you could do? We've we've spoken about this before. With a four four two, you can have a four in the middle of the park where you've got one wide, probably Forrest on the right, and then three tight. So in essence, you've got Cochrane playing two positions. So then you could have Mackay more central alongside Devlin and Grant, but you don't. If well, as as Yanis was was talking about, their weakness is on their right hand side. If they play four four two or they play three five two, their right wing back, their right full back, is a big concern for them. If he plays, because Yanis was talking about the guy who came on for him, uh, I think you've seen the Serbian lad who was yeah, much better. I was having so, a look at that. Yeah, Sorokin's um, uh, number two was the the guy he was saying can be very iffy. And I think it was number sixty six, Jovan. Yeah, the guy that Lu- came on from Lalukin. The guy that came on from. So uh, again, I'm not. I'm not going to be hypocritical and saying, "Oh, let's worry about that." Look, if you want to, if you want to go strong, because look, if I'm against Hearts and Atkinson's playing with a right centre back, um, who's Michael Smith, that's the area I'm targeting. So target them, not respect them. Target that right hand side of RFS. Now, is that with Cochrane? You're better off with with two men. On that side, if you are, who's playing left midfield? Because, I mean, Ginelli from Ginelli flatters to deceive. He just, I bring him on for pace. I'm not starting with him. <coughs> Do I trust Gary Mackay, Stephen? Probably not. Um, I mean, what what you could do maybe is play one of Cochrane or Kingsley. In a left midfield role in front of the other, if Halkett's available, and you could do Halkett and Smith, which I've got far you, more confidence in. You and don't then sound convinced, to... You don't sound convinced by this yourself. No, I'm not. I'm just I'm I'm kind of brainstorming as, as we go. I, I think I don't think we have a natural left-sided player who I, I want Barry Mackay more central. That's this is the whole that's, that's, ethos of, that's, of this. That's why I did what I did. That's why I did what no, I did. I know, and I'm just coming up. I'm trying to come up with options, alternatives. I think, like if they're if they're going to make if they're going to sit in, right, and kind of give us the ball and try and hit us on the counter, getting it forward quickly. So if Mackay's playing in behind Shanklin, he's got to play close to him because no point in Shanklin otherwise. I just think you kind of got to play Humphreys here. Alongside Shankland, exactly. So I agree. That's why I put him there. I mean, could we do three four three or three four one two with Barry McKay in behind? Because you're going to need you're going to need a couple. On the their problem with the th- yeah, my problem with that was thinking if Halkett doesn't play, which I think is a, a good chance. I was trying to work out how you play the three four well, you three. Can do, you could do you could do Cochrane. You put Kingsley Civic in, Smith. probably. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah, do Cochrane, Kingsley, Smith, because then who are you playing left wing back? Well, you could play Halliday at left wing back. That's not an issue. Yeah. That That's doable. I'd prefer Halliday. You're not playing Halliday at left midfield, but I'd play him at left wing back if you wanted to do that. I just think Kingsley and Smith, you need a third in there if, if Halkett's not playing. I don't like Kingsley and Smith together as a two. Um, so he's he's got some options. He doesn't have many. Sadly, because of injury and, and various other things. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what he does. But if they're going to allow us the ball, don't give it back to them. Don't say it then. No, you have it, and then we'll decide. Come on, let's let's see what we can do. The this should be the game or the two games, home and away against the Latvian side, that we have identified to get cash from. I.e., get points yeah, that's the big thing because it's the best part of a million quid. Exactly, win both those games. That's huge, and, and it's a free hit. It's a free hit. So don't come back on that plane from Riga on Thursday night going, I wish we'd done that. Just go and fucking do it. Well, on that note, what about your prediction? Give us a score and give us a goal scorer. 1-0 Hearts. Okay. Alan Forrest. 1-0 Alan Forrest. You? Yeah really tough one uh i can't i really it could can't be, it could be anything couldn't it well it can be i mean i'm just i can't decide how i think this will go because although we've not been creating much it's at the back that i'm still 
concerned about. If we can change it, I'm looking at a lot of their results. They've got a lot of games this season where both teams have scored in their matches. So I've not watched much of them, but I'm based on this. So I think both teams will score. I'm still a bit worried we about need, our back. We need to keep a clean sheet though, Warren. We haven't kept uh, one since, oh, I know we need to, since but, Walter Kidd was playing right back. Come on. Um, but I think both teams will score. But I think we are going to find a little bit of mojo up front. So I'm going to go with a 3-1 oh, Arch win. <laughs> we look yeah. back on this next week after we've lost in Riga and lost at Fur well, Park and go, look, where did we get this optimism well, from? It's getting well, ridiculous. We both predicted that we'd beat Bashaksha here, so it can't be I any know, worse than that, surely. No, so, I know, I know. 3-1 Hearts and I think I think Humphreys. Again, based on absolutely nothing, he, he showed a bit of effort when he came on, so why not? 3-1 and Humphreys is going to get his first goal. Does that, does that entitle you to be considered for goal scorer? Showed a bit of effort. Look, like a report card uh, where there's not uh, much praise. Clutching. 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 Yes. But we've, we said last time, we have to be positive. We can't come on here and predict shit results. Um, we'll be negative next week if, if, if the shit hits the fan. We'll be, negative, you know be negative on Thursday after we review oh, the, yeah, right. the NFS no, game we'll, before Motherwell. Well, not, right, here's, here's my prediction. Not score. I've already made that. We will not lose this game. This is the prediction. I'm pretty confident. It's not, pretty confident. We've had a, we've had it's a rest. Not that, it's not that bold, to be fair, but... Excuse me, it's not a bold statement section of Around the Funnel podcast. I don't know. I just hope the fans... The fans will play their part, but I hope they've got something to shout about. I, re- I really do. I know what it was like. I was lucky enough to be in St. Gallen when Hearts scored and went ahead. It was magic. It really was. And the noise... I don't care, it didn't last too long. But for those however many long minutes, that's what you want. And there'll be a decent following over there. Let this be the game to kickstart our season. There yes, go. let's hope so. We will be back on Scarves Around the Funnel with our Make Our Noise segment on Thursday night. So that will be available to listen on Friday. That make a noise. Our... We've gone from make some noise to just make a noise. Did I say make a noise? <laughs> yes. Make some noise. It'll just, just... be... Make any noise. Later on, Apart from it's a minute six, silence, then don't at Istanbul after the game, just like do it, like. right? Anyway, we'll be back. It will be available on Friday. The make some noise segment as we review Hearts away to RFS. Come on, um, scars around the funnel is brought to you in association with Forest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the nineteen fifties. You can, can give get us touch a more positive sign. Scarves please, around the funnel. Please. Can our sponsors not give us a more positive sign for this week? That maybe that's why we've got them on board. They can offer us positive signs that the positive future signs. is bright. Yes, right. let's hope so. And you can get in touch with us at Around the Funnel or you can email podcast at scarfsaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Yanis for joining. And we'll be back in a few days' time, hopefully with some more positivity. Until then, <laughs> goodbye. Someday you will find me Company the landslide In a champagne supernova in the sky Someday you will find me Company the landslide In a champagne supernova A champagne